the Formed Book Club. Catholic book lovers unpacking good books chapter by chapter. Welcome to the Formed Book Club. We are now starting with chapter 12, Nolting's Farewell in The Lost Minded of Heaven by Jeffrey Shaw, The American Betrayal of No Dinh Diem, President of Vietnam. Uh, and this is like watching one of Shakespeare's tragedy and knowing what's coming uh, uh, and experiencing it, you know, as we go through it here. So take it away, Vivian. Well, this chapter really should be titled Nolting's Removal <laughs> because he is, in fact, removed by the State Department so that they can follow through on their plans to bring about a coup in Vietnam and bring down President Diem. And, uh, August 1963 is when he uh, says his farewell. And this is so painful on to the top of 238, this exchange between DM and Ambassador Nolting, yes. because uh, DM asks him, does your departure mean that the American government has changed its policy from what you and I agreed two and a half years ago? DM asked. Nolting replied, no, Mr. President, it does not. Now, he's lying. He's a good man, but he's lying. Diem then asked Nolting to check with Washington just to be sure, and Nolting complied straight away. Subsequently, Nolting received the reply from the U.S. President's office, quote, no change in policy, and you can tell him that straight out. And that is another straight out lie. When Nolting translated the telegram, Diem remarked, Mr. Ambassador, I believe you but I'm afraid your information is incorrect. Diem knew via his own intelligence sources what Harriman was engineering, and he suspected that Washington was attempting to play both him and their ambassador for fools. Okay, but you said that when Nolting said, no, Mr. President, it's not, he was lying. We're not sure he was lying there. He didn't, he didn't know. He, he wasn't certain that this was going to happen this way. He might not have been certain that there was going to be a coup, but he certainly knew that he was being removed because they were changing their policy. Yeah, the Harrison group was basically in the ascendant, and that's why he was being removed. And, and that, he knew I, that. Yeah, he can't not have known that. Uh, page 239, um, I think, because I think we need to keep this in mind, that the one consequence of the Harriman ascendancy, shall we call it, is that there the Amer would be more American direct involvement in Vietnam. And this put uh, Diem in a very awkward situation because, of course, the Viet Cong narrative was that basically this is just that Diem is a puppet of the U.S. government. And it basically, you know, this is U.S. imperialism that we're dealing with here, right, making the Viet Cong the nationalists, right, Diem a puppet of U.S. imperialism. So... On page 239, about 12 lines down, where and they're deploying more and more military advisors who are just doing their own thing all over the country without reporting back to the DM's government. The situation, which would amount to a new colonialism, was not only intolerable to any self-respecting national government, but also helpful to the Viet Cong, who would have further proof that DM had sold out to the Americans. Diem brought these issues to the U.S. Embassy and asked that most of the 2,000 advisors be withdrawn. So he's in a very awkward situation, you know, because if the more the Americans insist on being directly involved, the more they're actually, ipso facto, playing into the hands of the Viet Cong narrative. That's right. 
What's so interesting about this chapter is how fr the France begins to move in. Yes. Because they see, okay, uh, the Americans are pressing too hard and Diem no longer trusts them. This is our opportunity now to move back in and reestablish ties and uh, this whole trying to facilitate some kind of reconciliation between the North and the South. This was completely fascinating to me. I didn't know anything about this. And then how even the North began to have even greater esteem for Diem than they already had because they saw, they saw the proof, oh, he isn't just an American puppet. He really is a Vietnamese patriot. And maybe there would be a possible for some kind of reconciliation between, imagine if that is what had happened. Wow. You know? Yeah, and, they, and, and they did, they had, they had that open arms policy. And the point of that was to try to get people, the, the, the Viet Cong uh, army units and soldiers to defect. And it was working. And it was right. working, and because yeah. they didn't just slaughter them when they when they when they surrendered, they tried to rehabilitate them. The, you know, when you think about it, the Vietnam War on the ground in Vietnam is a civil war. That was one nation at one time, one people, and now they're 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 killing each other. I mean, kind of like Korea, you know. Uh, but here, kind of our civil war. Yeah. So so. I'm sure there were a lot of Vietnamese who hoped for some kind of national reconciliation and not to be engaged in this constant fratricide, really. So here's uh, back on France on 245, even Charles de Gaulle, it says, halfway down the page. Charles de Gaulle recognized the opportunity for France to regain its foothold in Vietnam through a north-south dialogue. In August 1963, when the Americans were feverish, feverishly trying to find South Vietnam generals to throw Diem out of office, the French president publicly called for peace and unity talks between Hanoi and Saigon. Did Gaulle's offer a vague promise of French cooperation, though it was, appealed to the older ties that still bound the Vietnamese to the French and the Vietnamese desire for a reunited country. Ho Chi Minh followed up De Gaulle's offer with a call for a ceasefire. Now, of course, this would completely freak out the Americans. What is DM doing? He's going to go back over to the French. He's going to reconcile with the North. We know the North don't really want reconciliation. They'll just use a ceasefire to, you know, what opponents often do with ceasefires. So you can see how the Americans would be pretty yeah, panicked. Yeah, the that complicates all of this as well is that Charles de Gaulle, uh, you know, broke uh, from the Cold War narrative. Um, he, he said, well, we're not just going to be a puppet of, of NATO and a puppet of the United States. We are going to stand as a, an independent sovereign nation that we can look after French interests rather than the Eastern Bloc versus the Western Bloc. Um, and so he was, a, from the point of view of uh, the Cold War narrative, right, yes. um, he, was a, he was a loose cannon. Charles de Gaulle was not doing what he should. He wasn't stepping in line. Uh, with you know, with the NATO agenda against the the the, the communist bloc, so you know he he's someone that obviously got to be treated very suspiciously by 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 those uh, in, in the U.S. government. But in this case, maybe for the wrong reason, you propose something which is reasonable. That is, I mean, it may have been his desire to increase French prestige, but he was trying to see if my possible have peaceful negotiations. And there is a problem. Maybe other countries have this. You know, you know our Roots are Puritan, and we see things in black and white, and the enemy is the absolute evil, and therefore you can't negotiate. You've got to destroy, or at least 
become victorious. And there's not this sense that, you know, uh, the North Vietnamese peasant is no more hostile to us in principle than the Arkansas farmer is to Vietnam or some other place. I mean, the people of these countries would be willing to have peace, especially if their farm gets destroyed and their families killed. Well, I think that's why that the the efforts by the South Vietnamese to get the Viet Cong soldiers to defect were so successful because most of them were not ideological Marxists. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they were basically believing this was a war against uh, imperialism, mm-hmm. um, and and so you know that was the narrative. Not you no, know, let's fight for a workers' state. You know these. So uh, yeah, the whole thing's very complex and complicated. The key the key thing, of course, here, however, is that DM was a stabilizing uh, factor that was his staying in place was good for both the United States and for South Vietnam. And for North Vietnam in the sense that the war might not have happened if he wasn't assassinated. Right. And we also see the complication being it's all these confluences of all these things at once. So in the last chapter, we heard about how it was the Buddhist crisis that was the catalyst for the coup. And now here on page 247, we have Seymour M. Hirsch, who was in the Kennedy administration, I think, right? The Dark Side of Camelot was his book. He claimed that the North-South dialogue was the main reason the Kennedy administration re- removed DM. And he um, Hirsch interviewed a good friend of Kennedy, Charles Bartlett. Or maybe it was Bartlett who was in the White House. In any case, about this issue, Bartlett quoted Kennedy as saying, so this is... Charles Bartlett saying Kennedy told this to him. Charlie, I can't let Vietnam go to the communists and then go and ask these people, the voters of America, to reelect me. Somehow we've got to hold that territory through the 1964 election. We've already given up Laos to the communists. And if I give up Vietnam, I won't really be able to go to the people. But we've got no future there. The South Vietnamese hate us. They want us out of there. At one point, they'll kick our patooties out of there. So, wow. Remember we in our last session, we talked about how it was the re-election campaign that was probably the most determining factor in Kennedy's decision-making. But again, about myopia, and myopia is the wrong word, amnesia, I suppose, is the better word, you know, the, the short-term memory, because it, it, the M was opposed to the, uh, the, 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 uh, the settlement in Laos because he saw it would simply be used by the Viet Cong as a means of of, of uh, proceeding with their own agenda. And now you see that you know, after the event, after the Americans basically caused the, the Laos disaster, President Kennedy sees it as a disaster and yes. says we can't make the same, same mistake again. You know? You're absolutely right. And at the bottom of the page, it says uh, his Kennedy's adversaries, the Republicans, would quite rightly point out that neutrality was nothing but political doublespeak for having surrendered to the communists. Because you're right, Joseph, that is what happened in Laos. Yeah. And so Kennedy feared that mistake. Uh, and so, however, just because there was negotiations between North and South doesn't mean neutrality could have been the only diplomatic outcome. There might have been other outcomes that could have been brought about. But never mind. That's all speculation. That is not what happened. <laughs> and. Um, I, just, I do like the one sentence here in the middle, Vivian, the two forty seven, two thirds of the way down. You know, even DM and New, regardless of State Department protest assurance, that had been right all along about Laos. 
Yep. Yep. I want to, as we finish this chapter, I want to go back to the very first page, 237, just to set the stage for another bald-faced lie that's going to be revealed soon, about five lines up. Recognizing that American-Vietnamese relations were extremely tenuous, Nolting had requested to stay long enough to restore the old pattern of trust, but the DOS had denied this request. We're going to find out soon how the others spoke about this event. You know, that he asked to stay to help mend the fences, you know. So that, I mean, we could maybe move on to the next chapter if we wanted to. Do we maybe, can we finish this book? I think you have we time. We can finish yeah. this book and we can finish this book maybe. All right. Chapter 13, Washington moves for a coup. Oh, a coup. Yeah. 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 What were you going to say, Joseph? Go for well, it. Well, I don't want. I don't want to rush the details of uh, of DM's assassination. I mean, starting some of this is so shocking. I we, I think we should start the chapter now, but I don't think we should rush to finish the book. Even okay. if even if we finish the book fifteen minutes into the next session and start the and, okay. and start That's the good. okay. Well, the one thing that uh, stuck out at me, apart from all the machinations going on with these telegrams and everything else was that when the other countries of the world found out what we were going to do, not just France, the Philippines, Australia, Britain, you know, they're all trying to communicate with JFK, telling him, don't do this. This is going to be a disaster. Yeah. That's right. I, I'm remarked upon that too. This uh, is the Philippines, Australia, Britain and France. And France. All of them said this is a mistake. This is a huge mistake, and they were all right. Yeah. And then we see the president, though, actually giving his AOK. Yeah. Um, you know, this is you know for for some time before I read this book, you know, it was floating around. Well, how you know was the president directly responsible, or you know, and um, no, there's there's actual approval. He had proved. The telegram, wait, where, where is it now? Oh, dear. Page 253, uh, bottom of the new paragraph there. The president was consulted. Each person, including President Kennedy, who was vacationing on Cape Cod, had approved the telegram under the impression that the other top officials had agreed to it. There was no formal meeting to discuss or coordinate this message. He did approve it right, right here. Right. And then there's actually a direct quote, though, I thought, um, he gives the, when he gives the A okay. I guess that's oh yeah, the top secret eyes only on two fifty seven and two fifty eight. Yeah. Isn't that also a Kennedy? Yeah, um, it he is. That's where he actually gives the actual go ahead. Um, everything in these messages, meaning all these other DOS correspondence, has my fullest support. We will do all that we can to help you conclude this operation successfully. Um, you know, and then though, what do we see? We see him, but if it can't be successful, I reserve the right to veto this operation. He doesn't want to obey of pigs what, what or what he doesn't want his egg on his face. It's, it's not he's not really concerned about DM. Right. You know, oh no. If, if we can kill if we can kill DM efficiently, let's do it. If we're gonna make a hash of it, let me know so we can pull out. You know, right. he's worried about the election. And that you know, this is just yeah. Yep. Well, here's how Nolting describes it, the first paragraph of the chapter, page 249. In the end, American policy toward President Diem, quote, came down to a disgraceful one, wrote Craig Nolting. 
encouraging a coup or pretending we had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's so noble, isn't it? Let's, yeah. write, let's write an epic about that, you know? <laughs> you, 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 plant, you plant the bomb and then walk away before it explodes and uh, say you had nothing to do with it. And then uh, the thing I didn't notice the first time through this book when I worked on it, that the ambassador they put there was a Republican. How convenient for the Democrats that well, yeah. they can now somehow... Oh, that's made perfectly clear as well. That was deliberate so yes. that he was actually he was actually appointed to be the scapegoat. Yes. So anything went wrong or, or, or basically to deal with the fallout, well, look, he was the person who made the decision. He's a Republican. Nothing to do with us. Right. Right. Yeah, the conniving is uh, really something. So I, I this footnote is one page 260, uh, the top footnote, footnote 35. Kennedy seems to have conceptualized Vietnam as a political and public relations issue rather than a war. He consulted only with a select few from state, especially Harriman and Hillsman. Representatives of the Defense Department, Joint Chiefs of Staff and the CIA were not included in these discussions. So all those who have uh, you know, real data based on on-the-ground experience are not even being consulted. In it's fact... Over and over again in this chapter, the generals uh, and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, unanimously, they are not in favor of a coup. And, you know, ironically, often the military gets blamed and it's returning soldiers who get spat upon when they come back from American wars. Our armed services are not the people who cause and start the wars. Nope. Political leaders cause and start the wars. And then we send our men over there. So. But so this this Marine general, uh, I, I noted his quote in particular about um, staying the course. Yeah, because here, um, President um, 262, President Kennedy is hearing from two men, a, a Department of State guy calling for war, calling for coup, etc. And you got the Marine general, who's the commander of the U.S. forces who are there right now saying, are you nuts? Just what we're doing is great. Just just stay the course, and and Kennedy actually asks, "We're winning." That's what he's saying. Basically, we're winning. winning. And then Kennedy actually asks, "The two of you did visit the same country, didn't you?" (laughs) Well, and and, and and, I just can't help but thinking, you know, that Kennedy's thinking, "Yes, but can we win it before the election?" Yes. You know, uh, and that's that's the tragedy here. And it, uh, page 264, Harriman, who's the villain of the piece here, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, he, he, he says DM had to be removed, he added, because he had gravely offended the world community. Yeah. Well, first of all, what on earth is I the world like that. community? Who's the, who's the world community? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the world community, the Australians are, are against the coup. The British are against the coup, right? Everybody who's communicated for other other countries are against the coup. But Harriman is presumably is the spokesman for the, the world community, and he, as the spokesman of the world community, is offended. Therefore, the world community is offended. I mean, this is the this is the newspeak and the double think of globalism. You know, all those years ago. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. I I would like to read the. Uh... It's a pretty good summary that uh, Nolting makes uh, on page 257. It's kind of a long quote there, but I think it's worth it. It summarizes the whole book. The basic issue was whether the U.S. government should connive to overthrow the damn government. I argue that it should not. 
a coup would create a political vacuum, encourage the communists, and wipe out the nine years of relatively successful support we'd given South Vietnam without the use of American combat forces. Furthermore, in supporting a coup, the United States would be doing exactly what President Kennedy had promised President Dem we would not do, namely interfering in South Vietnam's internal affairs. Our moral commitment, the integrity of the United States was at stake. Mm -hmm. Well said. Finally, I regarded that the generals would be ineffective leaders. They would not gain the support of the South Vietnamese people and would naturally turn to the United States for more and more military help, including probably U.S. combat forces. I was appalled that our government would encourage a coup of dissident generals to overthrow their elected rough government. It was wrong in principle and would, even if successfully executed, have disastrous long-range consequences for the U.S. as well. Now, he's writing this after the fact, but I think yeah. you have enough evidence before the fact that this was his view. Yes, we have plenty of correspondence from him at the time saying these same things. Yeah, so, no, I mean, he, that's just a summary of, of, of everything he's he's believed uh, and, and warned against. And yes, he's just all he's saying there's, look, I subsequent events proved me right. And thank you, Father, for reading that, because you are right. It does summarize. I also highlighted that whole passage. Mm -hmm. does summarize the whole, the whole issue and America's disastrous involvement and the disastrous consequences of it. Um, um, could I could I suggest we perhaps think about wrapping up now and then coming back and just dealing with the assassination at the beginning of the next one? And then that probably won't take the whole session and we can just start the other book next time. Very good. Or if not, we can have a summary discussion of this book, what we learned and what's the main point of it. That's good. So uh, what page are we going to quit on then? Page? Well, I think that the, the uh, where are we? Where, where, where do we start dealing with the actual assassination? That's where I'd like to take it up. Um, All right, we'll figure that out. But I do want to conclude with this on page 266. I, I set it up previously, you know, where Nolting says he has to stay and was, was denied that. Middle of the page 266, Arville Harriman says, oh, this is not, okay, sorry, this is this is the point I was saying. Well, anyway, I'll read it anyway. Later blamed his forward movement on Ambassador Lodge. I don't think we could have pre prevented Dem's overthrow. Now it is true, at the end there, Lodge did try, not try to stop it. You would have to try to stop it. There was nothing we did that I know of that encouraged the coup. What a liar. And I, I have right. in my margin here, lying bastard exclamation point. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the B word's appropriate there. And, and, and immediately below that, making Lodge a Republican, the full guy for the coup was perhaps planned at the time of his appointment as ambassador of South Vietnam. He was set up to be shot down. Just another example. And by the way, this, that was that was good that you, you quoted from that because the, the coup account is on the next page, page 267. Yes. It starts 267, so we'll pick up okay, there. Okay, very good. Thanks, everyone. See you next session. God bless you. If you enjoyed this discussion, please help spread the word about the Forum Book Club by subscribing to the podcast and writing a review. You can sign up for weekly updates at formedbookclub.ignatius.com.